Welcome to the St. Edward's Podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. In your name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. please be seated. Good morning. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. No, come on. There's over 60 people here. That was kind of weak. Eight o'clockers out, did you would have the number, so I'm going to ask again. Do you believe in miracles? Yeah. yeah there you go. There you go. With, what was that? Thank you. <laughs> Webster defines miracles as a remarkable event or actions that at times contradict scientific laws. It's often associated with an act of God. And how many miracles have you had in your lifetime? I'm sure that as you are sitting here and at home, they're running through your minds, right? For Karen and I, or Karen and me, we have been very fortunate and experienced many miracles. And I have a feeling that for all of us, God is not done. And why? Because of our faith and trust we have in God and his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now, we know who Jesus is, but at this time in his ministry, Jesus was inspiring his disciples and the people of the region who he was and to trust and have faith in him. Parables were a great way to teach and explain to the people about the kingdom of God. But miracles were a grander way to reveal that Jesus was like no other prophet before him and truly was the Messiah. And the feeding of the 5,000 is the only miracle recorded in all four Gospels. Now, some scholars include as a miracle the resurrection of Jesus, which is in all four Gospels, but we'll leave that for another sermon. And today's reading is from the Gospel of John. It takes place on the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And it's close where Jesus' ministry began. And there were over 5,000 people present. Why so many people? Well, Jesus drew crowds wherever he went, but this was really a significant amount of people. Why were they there? They were arriving from other regions because of the festival of the Passover was near. And John gives a hint of this because he writes, there was a great deal of grass in place. And the grass would be present in this area at the beginning of spring when Passover is celebrated. And if people followed Jesus to the Sea of Galilee instead of going to the temple in Jerusalem, and when Jesus' disciples arrived on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, they could see the people following them because they heard how Jesus had healed the sick. And there were many in the throng of the people who were seeking to be healed. And we heard in last week's gospel from Mark, they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. And this was circulating throughout the region. And as the people were getting closer to Jesus, his disciples went up to the mountain and sat down. Now, mountains described in the Bible places where God is going to do something. And it's going to be big. 
where God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses, where God spoke to Elijah outside the cave of Mount Oreb, when Jesus, Jesus gave his sermon, the greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, and where Jesus was transfigured on that holy mountain. And Jesus looked out and saw the people approaching and said to Philip, where are you going to buy bread to feed these people? Poor Philip. Was it because he was so close to Jesus? Maybe next time he won't be so close. You know, Jesus asked someone else. Well, really, Philip was, a good, Philip was a good person to ask. Because Philip was a, res, a resident of Bethsaida and who would be familiar with food sources in the area. And he did a quick calculation on what it would cost and what it would take to feed the people and logistics. And his conclusion was, it would be impossible. But in, real, in reality, this was a test by Jesus. A test for Philip's and the other 11 disciples of their faith and trust and to truly understand who this person is named Jesus. For it's written in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And Andrew, trying to help, said, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? When Jesus heard this, he put his plan in motion. He tells the disciples to have the people sit down. In other gospels, we read that they organized to have 50 people sit in a circle throughout the area. Then Jesus stands up and stands up and takes the loaves and fish and places them in the basket, lifts them up. Then he lifts his eyes to the heaven and gives thanks. The word is euphoresto, to express appreciation for benefits, for blessings, to give thanks, express thanks, render and return thanks. And from, the, from our familiarity, it means Eucharistic. And the Jews took their meals as an opportunity to offer praise and blessing to God himself, just as we are to do. And one of the traditional prayers are, is, Blessed are you, Lord God, King of the world, who has caused bread to come forth out of the earth. Now, though we are not told the details, I can see Jesus breaking the small barley loaves and the fish into the disciples' basket, and they go forth and serve a group of 50, while Jesus continues to fill the next disciples' basket. A couple of hundred baskets later, and a lot of breaking of bread and fish, each seated group had his first round of food. And Jesus said to the disciples, serve them in this way for several hours, breaking, carrying, distributing, then going back to Jesus for more. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but I always wondered, was that fish raw or cooked? Huh? Well, from what I read, the thought is that since the boy had the fish for his meal, that it was already prepared to eat, most likely very heavily salted. And bread was a true staple of the people at that time. Moses had manna cast down from heaven from the, for the Israelites who were hungry. 
but Jesus is the bread of life for all people who are spiritually hungry. And at the end, after serving the 5,000 people, because the women and children were not included in that scriptural count of 5,000, the count could have been as many as 15,000 people. And disciples had to be exhausted. But you know something? When you work in the name of Jesus, your work is never done. It is ongoing in all we do. And at times it can be exhausting, but feels oh so good. It's what we call, it was a good tired. And he tells him now to go collect, and whatever is left over of the meal, return to me. Now why to have them, after working all this, to do this? Well, to have them see the faces of the people after they have eaten, and to make the point to them that God's provision that day has not merely been adequate, but more than enough to the people to meet their needs. It was a miracle sent by God. And they collected 12 large baskets of leftovers, one for each disciples, and happens to be the same number of tribes in Israel. In the Gospel of John, in today's Gospel here many times, he does not use the word miracle, but he uses the word sign. He does this four times when writing about these four miracles of Jesus. John chapter 2, verse 11, changing the water into wine in Cana. John chapter 4, verse 54, healing the official sons at Capernaum. John 16, verse 14. John 6, verse 14, heard today, the feeding of the 5,000. And John chapter 12, verse 18, in a context of raising Lazarus from the dead. It is to signify proof positive, without a shadow of a doubt, who is Jesus. It is a sign of the authority he has being the son of God. Then Jesus sees the people coming towards him and knows that the people he just fed have a motive. They want him to be king of Israel and to oppose the Romans. And Jesus knows he's not the king of Israel, like David, who they were looking for. But Jesus would be the king of kings for the world and the kingdom of God. As we say in the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. And immediately Jesus left his disciples behind and went up to the mountains, most likely to a secluded place, and prayed to the Father. In the meantime, by leaving the disciples behind, gave them an opportunity to take the time to talk to each other and share amongst themselves what they just experienced and witnessed that day. Begin to absorb in their hearts, minds, and souls who Jesus is and to strengthen their faith and trust in him. But wait a minute. Wait a minute, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's a two-four Sunday. It's a two-four how lucky can you be? It's like having the Mets having a doubleheader. All right, and Father Mark has nothing to do. Because in feeding the 5,000 with only five loaves and two breads was not enough for his disciples and you and I. For John has in today's gospel another miracle, another sign that took place later that evening. 
the disciples decided to leave and sail across the Sea of Capernaum, and they left without Jesus, which you think about it is kind of surprising because Jesus was with them always. Perhaps this was prearranged, or was it to be another test by Jesus for his disciples? Meaning, you go ahead of me, and I'll catch up to you. But what he did not say is how he would catch up to them. Now picture this in your mind. And we have it on the screens above. Disciples are in the boat. It's dark. The seas are rough. And the wind was blowing. And they are about four miles out to sea. Pretty good distance for rowing for a few hours. And in the distance, they see a figure walking on the water. And as the figure got closer, it was Jesus walking on the water. But they were terrified. And I too be terrified because this could not be real. But oh, it was real, all right. And as he approached the boat, the first words out of Jesus' mouth were words of identity and comfort. It is I. Do not be afraid. It is I, Jesus, do not be afraid. Put your trust in me and have faith in me, for I am here for you. And the disciples immediately stood up and reached out to Jesus. And I'm sure he extended his hands to them. And they brought him into the boat. In that evening of distress, they were under. And the uproar they experienced in the boat on those rough seas, when they became separated from Jesus, all of a sudden was gone when Jesus joined them in the boat. And the disciples were secured and safe. And the peace of Jesus came over the situation. In Psalm 107, verses 28 through 30, we read, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their stress. He stilled the storm to a whisper and quieted the waves of the sea. Then were they glad because of the calm, and he brought them to the harbor they were bound for. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his mercy and the wonders he does for his children. Let them exalt him in the congregation of the people and praise him in a council of elders. The two miracles we heard today from the Gospel of John were two we hear and read many times in our spiritual journey. First, the disciples witnessing and participating with the feeding of the 5,000. And in our walk, the miracles in our lives, no matter how big or small, we cherish them, and we do not forget them, and we are in awe, and how we are blessed by God. Second, the disciples were in the boat on those treacherous seas and went separated from Jesus, and the miracle of seeing him walk towards them on the water and the peace he brought to them. And we too will have the same feeling when we get separated from Jesus. And in our times of darkness and distress and uncertainties and are terrified and do not know where to turn. But if we visualize Jesus standing there, standing before us and here in our minds and feel in our hearts and souls the same words of comfort he said to his disciples, it is I, do not be afraid. 
and pictured him walking towards us with his outreached hands. St. Paul said it best in his letter to Ephesians heard today, and I quote, Grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. That through the power of the Holy Spirit, let our faith be our stronghold, because when all else seems lost, it will be our faith and trust in Jesus and the love we receive from him that will carry us through our storms of life today, tomorrow, forever. In everything we are to do, we are to stand up, stand up for Jesus and extend our hand to receive him, to embrace him, to be at our side, always at our side, and be part of our life. And as we say in Holy Eucharist, we, be, we in him and he in us. And to raise our hands and to say, Euphoreso, to give thanks. Give thanks to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on stedwardsepiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's